Ladies, welcome. So we made it to the end of Sefer Bereshit, B'Siat Maya. We're at the Parashat uh, Vayhi, so we have a Hazak week. Hazak, Hazak, Benet Hazak. And uh, time flies when you're having fun. We just, uh, we just finished some Hat Torah. Before you turn around, the book of Bereshit is coming uh, to an end. But uh, it leaves us uh, with a bang. There's a, uh, a small parasha that I'd like to make analysis uh, this week. And uh, it seems rather easy. And it's going to start off easy, that's for sure, but it's going to end off far from easy. And we're going to probably end up in some far-off place. Uh, it's amazing how you can get from, you know, planet Earth, and then all of a sudden, within 40 minutes, you can end up in the outer space. But that's what's going to happen. So uh, if you're scared of heights, maybe it's not for you. So we pick up the perasha, which is the perasha of the Berachot. It's a beautiful perasha. Yaakov Abinu is going to pass. Or according to the Gemara, he's actually not going to pass. Yaakov Abinu Lomet. And uh, he's going to bless everybody. Basically, anybody that has a meeting with Yaakov in this week's perasha leaves with a blessing. So it's good to meet him this week. And if you're lucky enough to meet Yaakov in perashat Paichi, you're lucky enough to get a blessing. Now, we all know the major blessings that were given to the 12 Shivatim. That's at the end of the perasha. <coughs> and we all know how Yaakov Aminu called his sons in, and then uh, he was concerned that the Shivatim might not be 100%. So they told him, Shema Yisrael Adonai Yeduhinu Adonai Yechad, and he answers, Baruch Shem Kibbol Machuto Le'olam Ba'ed, and there you have it. Now you have the perfect, the perfect Shema. Uh, Rabbi Natan, the student of Rabbi Nachman from Breslau, writes in the Kuteh HaLachot, that actually, if you take the words, Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohim Adonai Yehad, it's six. And Baruch Shem Kibbut Machuto Le'olam Vayed, it's six. He says the 12 words, corresponding to 12 Shivatim. As if to say, Yaakov was satisfied that the 12 Shivatim are all wholesome, they're all perfect, they're all ma'aminim, and therefore he went on and blessed them. There's another blessing that's also given to Menashe and Ephraim. That's when Yosef brings in his children for their, uh, you know, departing uh, meeting with their grandfather. And ultimately he's going to bless them. But it doesn't, it doesn't start off on the right foot, this meeting. When Yosef brings them in, Vayari Yisrael b'nei Yosef, vayomer mi ele. Who are these people? Now, <laughs> Yosef's figuring he's going to bring them in and get a beracha, and Yaakov doesn't even know who they are. Mi ele. And uh, Yosef then has to go on to explain that, well, this is, you know, these, 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 these are my children. Vayomer Yosef el Aviv, banayhem. And they're my sons. That God gave me. Oh, that's who they are. Okay, take them to me and uh, I'll give them a beracha. Now, that's kind of strange because 
Yaakov definitely had interaction with at least Ephraim. I don't know about Menashe, but it says Ephraim learned with Yaakov. It was basically his Havruta. And all of a sudden now, he doesn't know who they are. So how are we to learn this question? That's really all I came to discuss today. The question of Yaakov, Mi'ele. If you want to go according to Pshat, Pshat, the most basic, I hate to say simple, but the most, you know, uh, 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 clean interpretation without any complication, I would bring you to the, uh, to the Hizkuni, and the Seforno, and the Rajbam, all say the same thing. You know why he didn't see them? You know why he didn't recognize them? Because if you look a few Pesukim later, the Pesuk says, Yisrael kavidu mizokin. Because the eyes of Israel, they became uh, blurry in old age. So therefore Yaakov Abinu, he didn't recognize them because he couldn't see them. And that's why when he brought them in, he says, Mi'ele. Only problem you're going to have with that is, it says, Vayad Yisrael b'nei Yosef. Well, make up your mind. If he can't see, so then what, what do you mean, Vayad? So I, I can explain it from, uh, from experience because I have this eye condition. That <laughs> so sometimes you could see the image in front of you, but you can't make out the face. It happens sometimes to old people and young people. But the point is, so you, you notice somebody's staying in front of you. You know it's not a tree. I mean, we can see it's a person, but you're not able to really, the center of the eye cannot focus on exactly who the person is. So that's what it means. Vayad Yisrael, uh, Yisrael saw, meaning it's so blurry, and that's the way the Haskuni says. He can recognize the tsura, meaning it's an image of a person. Uh, but uh, he wasn't able to recognize them. That's the Rashbam also. Yes, I'm meaning Rashbam, it's Beferush. Yes, demut adam, makib demut panav. You can see the adam, but you can't see the panav. And that's what happened over here. Okay, fine. The problem that, not that we're looking to make problems, but if you wanted to make a problem with this, Shot, you would say that, well, it should mention then Yaakov's eyesight before the meeting. It should say, And as a result, when the children came in, he said, And we have a precedent to that. The Pasuk tells us, Yitzhak became an old man. And but and he couldn't see. So the Torah tells us that in the beginning. So now we'll understand whatever's going to happen later on. It's because he couldn't see. Here, we don't know that yet. So why would it tell us mi'ele, and then later on it says, oh by the way, uh, he had a hard time seeing. So the order of the pesukim, uh, you know, not let's say perfect according to this interpretation. So maybe we have to say something else. Now. I, we must say something else because what's the answer to the question? Mi ele. It's a very pointed question. Who are these? Now, I can answer that question in two notes. Menashe and Ephraim. 
That's it. Now, Yosef gives a very long answer. Vayomer Yosef el Abib, Banayhem, Asher Natani Elohim Bazeh. Wow. Menasheh Befraim, that would have worked. Why is he giving him a whole answer? What is he even saying? Banayhem, they are my sons. Asher Natani Elohim Bazeh. How do you learn the word Bazeh? So if you look at the Targum Unkelus, Vamar Yosef Labuhi, Benai inun tihivli Adonai Hacha. These are the children that God gave me here in Egypt. I would assume that Yaakov knew that Menashe and Ephraim were born in Egypt. That, that, that Yosef was in Egypt. Is this news to, to, to Yaakov? Oh, these are the sons that were born here. Oh, I thought they were born in China. No, they were not born in China. They were born in Mitzrayim. Oh, th- thanks, thanks for the... Uh, and, and Yaakov is very happy when he hears that. So he says, oh, they were born here. Okay, bring them over. They deserve a blessing. So from Yosef's answer, maybe the question of Yaakov is a little different. Because it doesn't seem that he was asking who are they. Because then he would have said, So if we look at Rashi, Mi ele, Mehechan yatsu elu. Uh, when Yaakov Abinu looked at Menashe and Ephraim, he saw stuff. And what he saw, he wasn't happy. So he was about to give them a beracha, and then just, just like what's going to happen to him at the end of the parasha, that the Shekhinah leaves him, the Shekhinah leaves him here again. And therefore he's surprised, he says, uh, these children who I thought are worthy, don't seem worthy because I lost my transmission. And therefore, uh, what's going on? He was questioning their, not their identity. He was questioning their, their status, their stature. And so Yosef understands that question. That's why he doesn't answer Menashe and Ephraim. Because if he would have answered Menashe and Ephraim, his father would have said, I know that already. I'm not asking that question. I'm asking Mi'ele. You know, where did they come from? They don't seem worthy. And Yaakov and Yosef will answer, uh, Dad, it's not their fault. Banayhem, they're like me. They come from me. Banayhem, they're, they're direct descendants from me, which means they're like me. You think I'm a tzaddik? These kids are just like me. But Asher Natan Li Elohim Bazer, but they were born in Egypt. So if you're seeing a deficiency, it's not in them, it's in the place that they were born. And therefore, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with the Menashe uh, and uh, Ephraim. But, you know, you can't blame them. It's Anus. It's not their fault. They were born Bazer. They were born Hacha. They were born in Egypt. So what do you want from them? It, you, you, what you're seeing is not uh, 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 Banai. You're seeing Bazer. You're seeing the Egypt in them. And that's not them. And therefore, they're worthy. And that's how the conversation would go uh, according to that. Okay, that's very nice. Let's go a little more into the pshat before we get uh, into the other stuff. Pshat. So the mefarshim rashi. What did what did exactly Yaakov see that he got a little nervous? So Rashi says bikesh lebarecham. He intended to bless them. When the shechina left him. 
לפי שעתיד ירבעם ואחאב לצאת מאפרים ויהו בניו ממנשה. There are going to be some Rishaim that are going to descend from Ephraim and from Menasheh. And it's because of those Rishaim, it sounds like that Yaakov says, whoa, what's going on over here? Where did they come from? And if they're coming from Menasheh and Ephraim, that means they're not worthy. So how does Yosef answer that claim? So Yosef says, "Vayomer Yosef for Aviv, Banaihem, they're my sons. Asher Natani Luim Baze. What is Baze? Usually, when you say Baze, you're pointing to something. There, you, you, it's like an article. You're showing something. So that she says, "Yeah, Heralo Shtar Erusin Veshtar Ketuba." He showed him the Ketuba, the children's Ketuba. I don't know why Yosef was carrying him. I guess he anticipated the question. And he had it right in his pocket. Oh, uh, I, knew, I knew this was coming. Uh, I'm ready for that. You know, here's the ketubah. I don't know how his father's going to read the ketubah. If you can't even see what they look like, but that's another discussion. But he, but he brings the ketubah when I mean, it was in big letters. But the point is, he brings the ketubah and he brings the shtat irusim, the marriage license. Unbelievable. He's already. So basically, Yosef's answering hey, they were married, uh, you know, kedat Yosef vi Israel. They were married correctly. They were married according to Jewish law. I married a Jewish lady. They're, they're 100%. He's giving them their, uh, their Jew, Jewish pedigree. I don't, know, I don't know how that answers Yaakov's claim. Yaakov's saying, hey, I see these people that are coming out of, uh, that are coming out of Menashe uh, and uh, Ephraim uh, that are not so good. And what is your safe answer? No, they were married uh, properly. Okay. I don't question they're married properly. I'm not talking about their marriage. I'm talking about what's going to come out of their marriage. So wh- wh- why is this the answer? And then that she says, uh, And then he made a prayer. So he did two things. Number one, he showed the ketubah, and he showed the shtar uh, erusin. The, and then he made it tefillah, b'kesh rachamim, and then v'naha alav ruach hakodesh, and then the ruach hakodesh came on. So it worked. Whatever Yosef did, it worked. But I'm just trying to understand what was the business of showing the shtar kedushin, unless we say that, and, and this is a question: Did Yosef understand what his father's question was? I don't know. Don't, don't, don't jump. Don't jump. I, I'm not sure if, if, if Yaakov understood the question, <laughs> as you'll see in a minute. Which means when, when Yosef hears his father saying, Mi'ele, he knows that his father sees Yerovam and Menashen. Does Yosef see what his father sees? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if even Yaakov saw it. Because how did he see it? It says when Menashe and Ephraim walked in, the Shekhinah left him. So if the Shekhinah left him, how was he able to see who's coming out of him? Unless they had a copy of the Midrash that tells them this, but I don't think they had a copy of the Midrash that only came after. So therefore, I mean, it's like a catch-22 over here. They walk in, the Shekhinah leaves him, and it says, oh, you know why the Shekhinah left? Because, look at these people that have come out. Well, if the Shekhinah left, then Yaakov can't really see 
Who's coming out now? If Yaakov can't see it, then certainly Yosef can't see it. So maybe we have to just explain it like this. I'm just trying to explain the pshat. Yaakov has the Shekhinah with him. He's ready to give tremendous blessings. And then Menashe Ephraim walk in. And all of a sudden, boom, it leaves. So Yaakov knows something's wrong. What's wrong? Well, that the Midrash has to tell us. But Yaakov knows something's wrong here because the Shekhinah left. So he asks the question, what's wrong? There's something wrong over here. So Yosef understands that maybe Yaakov thinks that Menashe and Ephraim are not legitimate in the sense of the, the marriage and how, when, how did they come into the world. That's how he understood the Mi'edah. So he said, that, look, look at the Kedushin and the Ketubah. Everything is done um, uh, wonderful. We had the kosher caterer also. Oh, but guess what? Shekinah didn't come back. Because that's not what really was the issue over here. So then Yosef said, well, I thought that's going to solve it. But the Shekinah didn't come back. So what happens? Then she continues, Ubikesh Yosef Rahamim. So he started to pray, I don't know what the problem is over here, but please, my sons uh, should be worthy of a benacha. Oh, whatever he did in his prayer, then the Shekhinah came back down, and everybody lives happily ever after. So that's a mahalach in the, in the story, why, why two things happened. He showed him the ketubah, thinking that that was the issue. It did not solve the problem, because it wasn't the problem. The problem was something that was maybe unknown to both of them, but through Yosef's prayer, somehow it got settled. And God said, all right, give the Shekhinah back to Yaakov, and, and it works. Fine, so that would be a proper mahalach. Okay, now let's go to the Ura Haim HaKadosh. The Ura Haim HaKadosh makes us aware of a Gemara in Sota. Page 36b. Don't ask me for more explanation than I'm going to give you because I don't have it at this point. It's, it's just a, it's a difficult Gemara. You have some of those, and even when we learn it in the Dafa Yomi with the boys, we just say, this is it. You got it, accept it. When Mashiach comes, we'll get a better interpretation. So it says in the Gemara that... Yosef Sadiq really was supposed to have 12 tribes come out of him, just like his father. Yeah, Yosef was supposed to have 12 tribes. Ele Toledot Yaakov, Yosef. Just like the Toledot of Yaakov were 12, the Toledot of Yosef should have been 12 as well. That's Gemara says. Gemara knows not only what happened, but it knows what should have happened. That's why the Gemara is amazing. It tells you stuff that should have happened, but didn't. And then the Gemara says, well, why didn't it happen? What happened to the missing 10? Because he had two, but he didn't have 10. And interestingly enough, that's why Menashe and Ephraim immediately are upgraded to Shabbatim. Because anybody that comes out of Yosef should be Shivatim, because he's supposed to have 12. But he only has two. So at least two is better than nothing. But the question is what happened to the 10?
when Yosef was with Eshet Potiphar. So he did not commit the Avon. We know that. He resisted the temptation. And the Pasuk says, Vayma'en. And he refused adamantly. To the extent that he went to jail for 12 years. Innocent man, but not to even touch the, the Marsha'at Zolicha, the wife of uh, Potiphar. However, the Gemara says there was a, 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 a trace of a small something. The Gemara refers to that it was as if uh, ten, 10 drops emitted from the fingers of Yosef. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not a biologist, I'm not a scientist. I mean, uh, which is the way of Gemara saying that although no federal crimes were committed over here and even no state or city crimes or local, nothing. Yosef is a, Yosef is a Sadiq. Yosef is a Sadiq. But uh, in the realm of energy and something that we can't even see, there was something uh, in, in the number of 10 that was released and uh, that, that's a problem. And as a result of that, there goes the 10. There goes the 10. The 10 were lost. Now, if you're looking at the video, you won't see anything. It's not like, oh, I see 10, uh, I don't see 10 anything. You, you don't even see atoms and protons and neutrons and electricity, you see nothing. And even if you have an electric magnet uh, camera, you're not going to see nothing either. This is all in the realm of... Exactly. It's amazing that this is a Gemara. You expect this to be like in the Zohar somewhere. But even the Gemara got involved in this. And it's a pasuk in the Torah. It says something came out of the Zerot Yadav. It's a pasuk. What? How? I don't know. But that's where he lost it. So the ten are gone. And now you have, now you have two. So the Urah Haimakadus says something amazing. He says, Al yedeh ma'aseh eshet potifar nirzebu mibben seponei yadav asara tipot velo nisharu el ashtayim. So therefore, what happens? Yaakov Avinu, he knows what Yosef is supposed to have. He knows he's supposed to have 12. So when he brings in two, he's actually... Uh, chastising him or asking, me in there. Where's the other 10? Me in there. What, what, what is this over here? You were supposed to have 12 like me, and you only have, you only have two. So the pasuk comes along and says, Vayomer Yosef el Aviv. Yosef answers, Banai him. Then my, this is what I have. I have two. Ashen natani Elohim. There was judgment on me. Bazeh. If you take the word zeh, zayin he, seven five. Seven five is twelve. So he's saying that <clears throat> I was supposed to have zeh, but now I only have two. And therefore, even if you look at the word ashen natani Elohim, bazeh. Bazeh is bet. 
Zeh. Which means he's saying, it was supposed to be Zeh. But it became Bet. So now it's Bazeh. It's 2 out of 12. That's the way we would say, 2 out of 12. We would say, Natani Elohim, Bazeh. So he says, V'hu shiramaz b'umro bazeh, zeh gemati ha-shnem asar. B'mkom shnem asar, natan Elohim shnaim. V'dikdek l'omar Elohim, chiyore ala mishpat. He said Elohim bazeh, because it's judgment, because he got judged. So that's a, this is already a, a new, a new approach to what's taking place over here. That we see that there was uh, uh, an original plan, and then and then it changed. Now, I'm not so fluent in uh, these concepts, but I was made aware by my, the great Rabbi Friedman in Israel sent me some notes this week, and he said, Rabbi Mansur, this is something very, very, very special. Uh, please let me know what you think about it. After I went through the material, which I understand only part of it, but I told him I think it's very, very, uh, very brilliant. So, there's a sefer that's called Sefer HaMagid. I have a copy of the Sefer HaMagid here. It was written by a rabbi called the Pri Megadim. And uh, he writes a piece on the Ben HaMetzarim. Ben HaMetzarim are the three weeks. I know we're not in the three weeks. This is what he says. He talks about the 12 hours that we have in the day and the 12 hours that we have at night. 24-hour days. Where did that come from? Where did it come that there's a 12-hour day and 12 hours at night? Why does it, why does it divide like that? On a perfect day, of course. So he says... Yud bet she'ot ayom neged yud bet shevatim. Interesting. So every hour is connected to shevet. The yud bet laila and the twelve hours of night neged esav va'alufav. Oh, let's go back. What is he talking about? So if you go to the end of Parashat Vayishlah, Vayishlah, over there it tells us about Esav's children. And they became alufim. Alufim means chiefs. And the Torah lists them. And if you go to them, there's 11 of them. Aluf Timna, Aluf Alva, Aluf Yetet, Aluf Aholibama, Aluf Ela, Aluf Pinon, Aluf Kenaz, Aluf Teman, Aluf Mibsar, Aluf Magdiel, Aluf Ira. Those are the 11. And Esav's on top of them. He's the chief of the chiefs. And therefore there's 12. So the Rav says, the 12 hours during the day, the day is chesed. And therefore those 12 are connected what? Shevatim, Shevteyah, the Kodesh. <coughs> and at night, that the Zohar comes along and says, Tashet Choshech, Vihilayla, Haytoyar. When the night comes, all the creepy uh, creatures uh, come out. And it's not talking about the bugs and the tarantulas. It's talking about the creatures of the kilipot and of the tum'ah. So at night is the, is the dangerous because that's Keneged, Esav, and the 12, uh, and, and his 11, and his 11 alufim. 
and uh, even so much, uh, if you remember, in ladies read Tehillim, in chapter 91 in Tehillim, that's called Yoshev Beseter. Uh, in, in, in the books they call it Shir Shil Pega'im. It's the Shir that we say against uh, the negative energies of the Kilipot, of the Satra Hara, of all those. Whenever a person feels that he's being threatened by these things, he has bad dreams, or uh, he feels that the, the energy or the luck, uh, that's a bad word, the karma, however you want to say, is, is not good. So you want to read the Kilipot, we read Yosheb Beset Ralyon, and it says over there, Lotirame Pahad Laila. Because normally you should be scared of Laila, because Laila is when that's when they come out. But if you read this Shir, Pahad Laila. And the Pasuk says, Yipol Mesiddecha Elif, a thousand will fall from one side of you. Urbaba Mimidecha Elecha Loyigash. Urbaba is 10,000. So altogether, by reading this chapter, you get rid of how many? 11,000, which means 11 alafim, which is connected the 11 alufim. Alafim, alufim. You have How much is elef urbaba? 11,000. That's 11 alafim. So the rabbi says that that's connected the 11 alufim, the 11 chieftains, it's a play on the words, alafim, alufim, of Esav. And therefore, when you read that, they go away. Now, what about uh, what about Esav? Uh, well, he's the twelfth. So, if you look a little further on, the pasuk says, "Al Shahal vafetin tedroch." Shahal is like a lion, and fetin is a viper. It also forms of the kilipot tedroch. You'll you'll step on them. You'll destroy the kilipot. And if you take the rashi tevot, al Shahal vafetin. Isaf, al shahad bafetin. So you got the eleven, and you have Isaf in there, and that's shir shil pigaim. Very nice. So therefore, we see that there is an inyan uh, of the hours of the evening that are designated for their. Uh, that's when they come out. They come out at night with the boogeyman, and in the day, no, in the day they don't have shalita. In the day, that's when the twelve shivatim are. Uh, a manifest and at night they have to be, and that's why. Uh, if you know um, about what the tzaddikim, uh, what they do at night, uh, at Hatzot, at midnight. If you come to this shul at midnight, it's the busiest time of the day. You'll see eighteen rabbis, and they're on the floor, and they're crying, and they're wearing sackcloth, and they have ashes on their heads. And they're making what's called tikkun hatzot, and they're crying with God for the for the destruction of the Bet Hamikdash, because that's the time we cry uh, at at hatzot laila. Because uh, the pasuk says al ele ani If you look at the pasuk in echa, al ele ani I'm crying for this for the destruction. The destruction of the Bet Hamikdash, of course, was by Esav. It was by uh, Rome. Right? Rome is, uh, like we say, in the Al-Naharot Babel. Uh, over there it says in the Pasuk, uh, uh, first of all, Al-Naharot Babel, that's referring to 
the Babylonians, and then uh, the pasuk comes along and says, Zechor Adonai Lebnei Edom. Remember God, Bnei Edom, that's Esav. Ha'omerim Aru Aru Adaisodba. Until they went and they went to the foundations of Jerusalem and they destroyed it. So therefore, that's the Kilipah of Esav. It destroyed the Bet HaMikdash. So therefore, at night, when the Kilipah of Esav is strong, with the 11 Alufim, so they come and they make a tikkun exactly at the sixth hour. What do I mean the sixth hour? Let's give a perfect night. Sunrise is 6 a.m., sunset is 6 p.m. So when is midnight? 12, not Cinderella. 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock is called Hasot. That's exactly midnight, and that's exactly when they do it. Now, it's never a, per- it's never a perfect night. So therefore, sometimes it's before 12 o'clock, sometimes it's after. But I'm talking in the spring, when the days are more or less even, at the time of the, the uh, equinox. So therefore, at 12 o'clock is the sixth hour. Now, says the Rab over here in Sefer Magid that each hour is connected another one of the alufim of Esav. Now listen. The first hour, meaning six to seven, is connected Esav. That's when the kids come home from school. And then, that's a hectic time. And then you have, that's the first hour. And then you have Aluf Timna, the second hour. And then you have Aluf Alva. And then Aluf Yetet. Aluf Aholibama and Aluf Elah. Aluf Elah. Same letters as Elle. And then what happens after Aluf Elah? Midnight. And then we sit on the floor and we make the Kurhatsot. So the Rav says, that's what it means when it says, Al Ele Ani Bokhiya. That after Ele, after Aluf Elah, Aluf Ele, Meaning after the sixth hour, because that's each part of the night represents another one of the alufim. And the sixth one, which comes right before Hatzot, aluf, ela. And therefore the Pasuk says, So that's the way he, he, he explains it. So, so once we start to understand this, we realize what happened here. If Yosef Sadiq would have had the 12 tribes that he was supposed to, those 12 tribes were supposed to neutralize Esav and his 11. But it didn't happen. How do I know they were supposed to neutralize it? Not from the Kabbalah, from Rashi. Open up Rashi in Parashat Bayeshev, in the beginning of Bayeshev, if you have it in front of you. I'm quoting it. Rashi says, Bayeshev Yaakov. He gives an amazing mashal. Unbelievable mashal. A parable. Hapishtani hazeh. What's a pishtani? A man that sells flax. Nikhnesu gemalav te'unin pishtan. He has a camel. And the pishtan is bundles and bundles and bundles. 
and uh, he's trying to fit through the street, and he's, he's, his, 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 his pishtar is going into the stores on the side of the street, and the merchants are going crazy over here, with this guy's over here, he's destroying our market. Ha-pahami tama, the pahami, the guy who does the, uh, the coals, he says, what are we doing with all this pishtan? He has to figure out a way how to get rid of the pishtan because it's too much. So what did the pahami do? So a smart guy came to him and said, just take one spark from your, uh, from your anvil when you bang. He's a blacksmith. Wait a minute, you don't know how to get rid of pishtan? There's one way you get rid of pishtan. Light a fire, get a match, and there goes all the guys pishtan. All you need is one, one spark. Yaakov's reading the end of Parashat Vayishlach. Aluf, 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 gehinnam, aluf this one, aluf that one. So Yaakov Ibn says, Shema Israel. Oh, these are, look at all this pishtan. Look at all this flax. How are we going to get rid of all these alufim? Who's able to overcome all of them? What does it say? It says that the Toledot of Yaakov is Yosef. That Yosef was really supposed to have the same amount of children like Yaakov. What does it say in the Pasuk? What does it say? Lehaba, Yosef is considered the flame. Ubet Esav, Lekash. And Esav is what? The straw. Nitzot Yosef, me Yosef. All we need is Yosef to let out one spark. Shemechalev Vesorefet Kulam. So that was the way the Alufim were going to be destroyed. Had Yosef had all the 12 Shibatim like he was supposed to. The lehava, the spark would come out of Yosef at that moment, and would the twelve would destroy the twelve. But it didn't happen, and now what ends up happening? The twelve, the eleven alufim are there, and the sixth one is what? And the fifth one after Esav is Elah, and therefore now al Now we have to cry every night because of because of this. So we have to make tikkun hatzot and. Had it been different, it would have came out it with, a different, with a different result. Well, now, now we understand very well Yaakov Abinu's question. Now Yaakov Abinu, he knows what's supposed to be. He knows it has to be 12 from Yaakov, from Yosef. And he knows the ramifications. If there's 12, that means there's no Hurban Bet HaMikdash. There's no Tikkun Hatzot. There's no crying at night. There's no nothing. If there's 12, it's very good. And all of a sudden, who comes in? Menashe Ephraim. There's only two. Well, two can't beat the 12. So now we're in trouble. So what does Yaakov Abinu say? Vayar Yisrael et Beneh. He only saw the two sons of Yosef. Vayomer, mi'ele. Mi'ele, which means he's coming to say, look what we caused. This is going to cause now, al-ele ani bochiyah. This is going to cause 
דאלה אב דאלופים, אלוף, אלוף אלה, מי אלה? What happened over here? This is going to be the cause of the destruction. I see the אלופים of אסאב, specifically אלוף אלה, because the פסוק זה על אלה, after אלוף אלה, we sit down on the floor, we cry for the Hobat the Mekdash. So Yaakov Abinu saw all this, and he says, מי אלה? What is, what is going to be over here? Oh, so the question really is, what is going to be? You, 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 could you, could, he didn't have the 12 tribes. Could you, could you, could you uh, go back in history and reverse that? It happened. It, it sounds like strike one and you're out. You can't cry over spilled milk. We tried, but tried to make the tikkun. Didn't happen. So the question now is to our members, what do we do now? So we have to, what we do now is we introduce the Ariza. Ben Wa'ari says that the Shivatim who were involved in the sale of Yosef, as you know, they would have to come back. And a tikkun would have to be made to them. Many years later, in the time of Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues, they referred to them as the Asrah, that was a moment of revenge. Where Abu Alam took the revenge of what the brothers did to Yosef. Ten against ten. And if you remember in this week's parasha, when the brothers after Yaakov dies, they're scared that Yosef is going to take revenge. And what does Yosef tell them? And now don't be afraid. What was he hinting to them? Now you don't have to be afraid. But in the future you have to be afraid. Because this is going to come back to haunt all of us. But that's not our business now. Now we're okay. But he was hinting that in the future it's going to be problematic. And Abinu Ari writes, when the Uven came back to the pit and he saw that Yosef was missing. So he says, The child is missing. And regarding me, where am I going to go? Where am I going to hide my shame? How am I going to go back to my father? What am I going to tell him? There's a pasuk that we say every day in the tefillah. Arizal has a kavana. It says, God is called El Nekamot. He's a God of revenge. El Nekamot And sometimes God reveals himself as the vengeful God. And God is very patient. Sometimes what happens in one year, it takes many years for the score to be settled. But rest assured, what goes around will come around. What Elam doesn't forget. When when the Uven came back to the board and he saw Yosef was missing, he says, Ani, Ana, Ani, Ana, Ani, where am I going to go? Ani, he says, Rashi Tevot, El Nekamot Adonai. Ana, El Nekamot Ophia. That means, Ani, Ana, I, where am I going to go? That means, Reuven felt <laughs> that God of revenge is going to hold us against us one day. Ani, Ana, El Nekamot Adonai, El Nekamot Ophia. That one day, somebody's going to have to pay for this. 
and it's going to be us. And Arizal says that when the ten martyrs went and got killed, they had what's called Ibur Neshama. Ibur Neshama means the Neshama of the Shivatim. One for one. Went into the ten Harugim Malchut and they got their they got their punishments. So the Shivatim were there. They came back in, in history. And they got their punishment in the Asad Harugim Malchut for selling Yosef. But I found a piece from Rabbi Tzadak HaKohen in Sefer Prit Tzadik in Shemot Parashat Zachor. Look what he says. He comes along and adds something. He's talking about Yosef. Yosef was a Tzadik, but he had Ezin Nidnud. Mazinidnud, a small issue. What's the issue? Ma'asara tipin shiatsu. Asara, everyone's going back to the ten tipin. We don't even know what they're talking about, but oh, that's it. Go back to the ten tipin. Kemosham, look at Sota, page 36. Alze, Hishlimu hatikun asara harugem malchut. Oh, oh, oh. Of Tzadok adds something to the, to, the, to the mix over here. We always know that the Asarar Gimachut connected the Shabbatim. But now we see that actually the 10 Tipin that was supposed to create something, eventually it would, it would create. The 10 Tipin would be the 10, the ten martyrs. And who was in the ten martyrs at the time that they got their punishment? The ten Shabbatim. Oh, so these are now ten Shabbatim that are coming from the ten Tipin of Yosef. So in truth, Yosef had two and he's missing ten. The ten ultimately would come back and the ten would become twelve. Because the ten martyrs, actually those ten tipin were not wasted. The ten tipin eventually would go into the ten martyrs. And at the time that they died, they were shabatim. Because the tribes went into them. And this is the way Rabbi Friedman explains what Yaakov Abinu tells his son in, 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 a, in a brilliant way. He says like this, Ve'ata. Your two sons that are born in Mitzrayim, Menashe, Ephraim, Kiruven b'Shimon, usually. I'm upgrading them. Ephraim and Menashe will be like Ruven and Shimon. They're considered tribes, but it's only two. But what's going to be born after them, which is referring to the ten the ten tipin are going to born something. Something's going to come out of those. They're going to come from you. And they're also going to be considered like Reuven and Shimon. Meaning they're also they're going to be considered as Shabbatim. And therefore it comes out, I mean, I wouldn't have said it, but this is what's coming out of it. That's simple mathematics. At the end of the day, 
How many Shivatim do we have? 24 Shivatim. I mean, don't, don't go out and say this in the street because it, it, they're not going to believe you. We're talking about that. What, 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 was, what, was the, what was in the rabbi's tea today? But that's why you have to give them this hour introduction. Then they'll understand. But you say, oh, the rabbi said 24 Shivatim. Ah, the guy's crazy. What's he talking about? 24 Shivatim. And then next week he's going to tell you there's, there, there, there was 63 Avot. No. There's, well, that's what it is. It's the, it's the, it's the Shivatim that Yaakov brought. And it's the Shivatim that Yosef was supposed to bring. And ultimately was... So that was a tremendous tikkun against the kilipah of Esav. And that's what Rav Tzadok writes. Rav Tzadok writes, V'chayadua she'asure asararu gem malchud she'ayud lahashkit ketrug shil samichmem saros shil amalek. So that was clearly what was taking place over there. Now I just want to finish off and say that when Yaakov Abinu was in front of the 12 tribes at the end of his life, like Rav Natan, the student of Rabbi Nachman from Breslov said in the Kutel Achod, what did he say right before he died, Yaakov Abinu? Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. The brother said, Baruch Shem Olam Ba'ed. And when, when Rabbi Akiva, Akiva Otiyot Yaakov, when Rabbi Akiva also died, which he completed the second set of the Shivatim, he also died with the words Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. As if to say, it came full circle. It came from the Shema Yisrael of Yaakov, and it ended at the Shema Yisrael of Rabbi Akiva. And now, all of a sudden, we have not the 12 Shivatim, but we have Ele Toledot Yaakov, Ben Yosef. And it's interesting to point out, what is Akiva called? Rabbi Akiva, Ben Yosef. Akiva Ben Yosef. There's no coincidence that it's called Akiva Ben Yosef, even though his biological father, I'm sure, was Yosef, but his godfather was also Yosef, which means all this came from, from Yosef, from the ten tipin of Yosef. So there was Akiba ben Yosef, meaning ben Yosef, Hasadik. Yes, esoteric stuff, deep stuff. But now at least we understand what I get from this. Well, this it gets me excited for a couple of minutes, but what really excites me is the beauty of the book, of the Torah. Here we can explain it on a, such a simple, basic level that we can explain to a third grader. Mi edle, mi edle, he couldn't see. He went blind, so he couldn't see. He couldn't make the images out. And the Yosef has to say, oh, these are my sons. Very simple. But you could also explain, mi edle. You know what this is causing? There should be 10 more of you. This is, I see aluf ela. I see tikkun hatzot over here. I see problems. I see al ella ani bochia. I see crying. I see echa. And he said, "What should I tell you, Daddy?" Banayim Hashem Natan Elohim Bazeh. I understand. It's two out of twelve. Betzeh, like the Rambam Kadosh said. Yaakov Avinu would say, "Worry not." What came out of you, Umolad Techa? What came out of you, Asher Holata? Lechayehu will belong to you. And Al Shem Ahahim Yikaru, and they will be named after your, after the brothers Shimon and David. They'll be like Shevatim, and therefore the tikkun ultimately will be made. And just like I had twelve, ultimately you will have to. But it's not the twelve that was originally in the plan. It's a, 
Listen, Borei Olam always has a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. Borei Olam always, the tikkun will always be made. So you don't have to worry. Oh, now what? Now that it got, uh, it got squashed. So how are we going to get out of it? But also, don't worry. We have many ways through the system of Gilgul and Ibn Nishama to bring people back and to give them second chances uh, and to rectify. Uh, so now it is the prayer, of course, that we have. In the meantime, in the meantime, what's going to be our tikkun? Obviously, the Asanaru Gemalkut didn't, was still waiting. Twelve tribes, they came back, but we're still waiting. So we have no choice but to do what the Hachamim advised us. Today, the tikkun, in order to bring the Mashiach and to subjugate the Alufim of Esav, which come out at night, is Limuda Torah, but specifically Limuda Torah Balayla. And that's why the limud of the Kolel Hatzot and the rabbis that learn at night is very, very significant. Because that's the key. The Pasuk says, It's easy to learn in the day. But the key is to learn. And that's what all the tzaddikim, they always stayed up at night and learned. Yaakov Abinu, it says, he stayed up at night. But the tzaddikim, always at night, they were very, very careful because they knew that these, there was a rabbi called Beit Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Karo. And the Magid used to have an angel come talk to him. And the angel told him, you don't know how valuable your learning at night is. And sometimes when you stop learning, it creates such anguish in heaven because the learning at night is, is very, very valuable. And with this, and I conclude with my Friedman quotes in, one of it, in his talk, he says, remember when Yaakov Abinu uh, went into his father for the blessing? So it says in the Pasuk, HaKol Kol Yaakov Vayadayim Yedei Esav so the Gemara says, when the voice will be the voice of Esav, Yaakov, when the voice of Yaakov is learning Torah, then the hands of Esav are paralyzed. So the rabbi asked, but how many voices did Yaakov have? He has one voice. So why did it say, Hakol Kol Yaakov? Just say, Hakol Yaakov, Yadavid Esav. So he says, because when is the hands of Esav going to be paralyzed? When the call of Yaakov is not only in the day, but when the call is in the night as well. And therefore, for Esav's hands to be paralyzed, call Yaakov is not enough. You need a call, call Yaakov. You need call Yaakov Bayom, and you need call Yaakov Balad Yiratzon. In the of the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will redeem us. And it says, Amen. Amen.